I want to read this before we get into the scripture. Um, and what triggered this message was a Facebook post that I got uh, from somebody I don't even know. It just appeared on my Facebook feed, and I read it. And it's about a sheriff, uh, Joe Arpio, Arpio, something like that. He's the county sheriff of Maricopa County, Arizona. He keeps getting re-elected over and over and over again. I think it said he was re-elected about 15 times. Okay, there are some of the these are some of the reasons why Sheriff Joe created the Tent City Jail to save Arizona from spending tens of millions of dollars on another expensive prison complex. Inmates sleep in tents. He has jail meals down to 20 cents a serving and charges the inmates for them. He banned smoking and pornographic magazines in the jails and took away their weightlifting equipment and cut off all but G movies. He says they're, they're in jail to pay a debt to society, not to build muscles so they can assault innocent people when they get out. He started chain gangs to use the inmates to, to do free work on county and city projects and save taxpayers' money. Men work in, listen to this, men work in pink, clean, and sober shirts. Their underwear is also pink. Janice picked my tie out, y'all, so she didn't know anything about this. So Ronald can borrow it after this, I guess. But, so they're all, and so, and just imagine these big, hefty guys with pink T-shirts and pink out, out you know, on the chain gang working. He, then he started chain gangs for women, so he wouldn't get sued for discrimination. He took away cable TV until he found out there was a federal court order that required cable TV for jails, so he hooked up the cable TV again, but only allowed the Disney Channel and the Weather Channel. When asked why the Weather Channel, he replied, so these morons will know how hot it's going to be while they're out there working on my chain gangs. He cut off coffee because it has zero nutritional value and is therefore a waste of taxpayer money. When the inmates complained, he told them, this isn't the Ritz-Carlton. If you don't like it, don't come back. <laughs> he also bought Newt, Green, Newt Gingrich's lecture series on U.S. history, and he piped it into jails. When asked by the reporter if he had any lecture series by a Democrat, he replied that a Democrat lecture series that actually tells the truth for a change would be welcome and that it might even explain why 95% of the inmates were in his jail in the first place. Um, you know, don't, don't, get, don't get political on this. When temperature being even hotter than usual in Phoenix, 116 degrees, just, a, just set a new record for June the 2nd, 2009. The Associated Press reported about 2,000 inmates living in a barbed wire surrounded tent encamped by Maricopa County Jail when, have been given permission to strip down to their government-issued pink boxer shorts. On Wednesday, hundreds of men wearing pink boxer shorts were overheard chatting in the tents where temperatures reached 128 degrees. This is hell. 
It feels like we live in a furnace, said Ernest Gonzalez, an inmate for two years with ten more to go. This is inhumane. Joe Apera, who makes his prisoners wear pink and eat bologna sandwich, is not one bit sympathetic. Criminals should be punished for their crimes, not live in luxury until it's time for parole, only to go out and commit more crimes so they can come back to live on taxpayers' money and enjoy things many taxpayers can't even afford for themselves. The same day he told all the inmates who were complaining of the heat in the tents it's between 120 and 130 degrees in Iraq and our soldiers are living in tents there too and they have to walk all day in the sun wearing full battle gear and getting shot at and they have no not committed any crimes. So shut your blank mouth. I ain't going to say that other word. So Joe, Sheriff Joe was just reelected for the 14th time as sheriff in Maricopa County. Now, what kind of image is Joe setting? It's setting an image as this is a place that you don't want to go. In the scriptures, in the New Testament alone, there's over 170 references to hell. There's over 170 things about hell stated in the, in the New Testament. And over 70 of those is stated by Jesus Christ himself. He's letting us know that this isn't a place that you want to go. And when we get into the scripture today, we hear about the rich man when he lifted his eyes up in hell. So let's go to the scripture right quick. Uh, Luke 16, 19 through 31. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and dressing to be fed with the crumbs, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth a Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in that Thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee. I pray therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, Thou have Moses and the prophets. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went into them from the dead they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they 
be persuaded through one who rose from the dead. Let us pray. Most gracious and kind Father, Lord, I just thank you, Father God. Thank you for life and the blessings of life, Father. I pray that you just anoint this message, Father. I pray that you just hide the pain from my feelings, Lord Jesus, as we, as we go through this message. Help it to come out, Father, the way you intended, Lord. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that the hardened hearts be softened today, Father. And if there's anyone amongst us that's lost and don't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that they can see a true vision of what hell really is and it's a place that they don't want to go i thank you jesus for life and bless the life in jesus name we pray amen amen now hell today's today's society and ministers in general let's let's just put it that way ministers in general kind of shuns away from preaching about hell you know we got preachers on tv that's preaching uh, uh, God's prosperity, the prosperity of God. You know, oh, if you do this, you can get this. You can drive these Mercedes. You can drive in this type of house. They preach the prosperity, but they never preach about the, the, the punishment of sin. You see, and, and, and they preach about plant this $1,000 seed. You ever heard that on TV? Send us a $1,000 seed and watch it grow. Man, I got caught up in that one night listening to it in the shop they're working. Boy, next thing you know, I was wanting to write a check. You know? But then God reveals, says, God, just plant your seeds in people's hearts. Testify, witness to others. And see, what we need to do as Christians is get the message out about how horrible and how tough hell is. Yeah. If we look at society today and we look at, we got people when, when Christians sit on the seat and we don't get involved, then laws get passed where we can have same-sex marriage. Isn't that not abomination to God? We got people out there that's killing babies at birth. And saying it's all right. Just because they pass a law saying it's all right doesn't mean it's right with God. That baby prior to being in the womb was in God's mind. And it came from God's mind into the womb. And then they say it's all right to kill it. Where does life begin? We need to get the message out that hell is real. Hell is real. And if you don't follow and, and we repent and accept Christ as your Savior, that's where you're going to hand up at. That's the reality. When you open up Facebook and somebody has just passed away, rest high. I'll see you when I get up there. And then you look at some of the posts of the individual that passed and they're partying and drinking and fornicating and all this other good stuff. Everybody that dies don't go to heaven. It's a harsh reality, but we need to understand it. And the biggest lie the devil can tell us, you got time. It's not for you right now. Just wait a little while longer. Enjoy life. We got young couples in our church right now that's raising children. And it's good that they bring them to church. But wouldn't it be much better if you were saved and bringing them to church and teach them about God in your house. And you could pray for them yourself. And you could go to God for them in yourself. But we got time. We got time. It ain't for me now. That's a boring lifestyle. Man, I'm going to tell you what. I got saved in 1984. I've not been bored. I've had a good time. 
Man, when they sing that song, God has been good to me, I can't hold it in, man. I just sit there and cry because God has been good to me. I could have broke my neck when I fell off of that ladder, but God has been good to me. See, the rich man, being rich wasn't the problem with the rich man. Okay, and some people get confused because it said a certain rich man, it, it wouldn't be enriched that was his problem. It was how he looked at it, how he used it, and how he, how he helped others or didn't help others. He looked at the richness as his God. As, I don't need God. Look what I got. You remember somewhere in the Bible it's talked about, well, I'm going to build bigger barns so I can find bigger, bigger stuff and have bigger bank account and bigger money. And now God looked at it and said, you thou fool, your soul's required tonight. And when we look at this, we have time. Pulling up in the churchyard this morning, two tents in the graveyard. I had opportunity the other week to just walk around the graveyard out there. I was going to my son's grave. And I had opportunity just to walk around the grave because I was waiting on Janice. She was in a meeting or something. And just looking at tombstones. There is not a set date on those tombstones. There is not a set age on those tombstones. Ranges from birth to a hundred and something years old. We don't know when our time is. And see, the rich man and Lazarus both died. You know, I imagine, I imagine that rich man going into, going into his house at the gate and stuff. He probably seen Lazarus there or others there many a times. And probably just ignored and kept on going. You know, and went on in and lived. I got mine. You get yours. But we can't be like that as Christians. We can't say, I got my salvation. You get yours. They don't know because we don't tell them. They don't know because we don't witness to them. They don't know because we don't set the example for them. And let them know the harsh reality of what's coming their way. And I'm talking to the lost now. And, and, and we cannot escape hell if we haven't accepted Christ. You see? And so the rich man, and he get, went on living his life of Riley, so to speak. Y'all ever heard that phrase, life of Riley? Mama used to tell me that, boy, you're living a life of Riley. You know, when I was young. Because I, I hated to pay Mama $25 a week to stay at home. Every time I got up, it wasn't paying. I hated the pair. And what makes it so bad? My dinner was cooked every day. Boy, she'd bring lunch to the plant for me and feed half the plant sometime. My clothes somehow miraculously when I put them into dirty clothes or threw them on the floor, you know, or threw them on the floor, miraculously got cleaned and neatly folded and back in my room. Cost me $25 a week. Got married two or three weeks after I got married, two or three months. Mom, I sure wish I could still pay that $25. (laughs) Cost a lot more money. But the reality is life goes on and life happens. And we have to face the obligations that we're up against. As Christians, our obligations, the Bible says, go ye. Go ye. It didn't say go preachers. It didn't say go teachers. It didn't say go singers. It says go ye. That's all of us. We are supposed to share the gospel with the lost and dying world. And they need to understand hell, what hell is. So the rich man died and Lazarus died. But it goes a little bit further. It says Lazarus died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. 
says the rich man died and was buried. And was buried. But then he lifted up his eyes in torment. Now, a brief description of hell. It is a, it's described as an endless pit, an endless darkness, a darkness that we've never experienced. A fire that's unquenchable. Now, see, we like to look at it as, well, if we throw something in the fire, it's burned up and it's gone and it's over with. But no, that's not the way hell is. It burns and burns and burns and burns and you feel it for eternity. It's, it's unquenchable. And the Bible goes so far as saying there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. When you get hurt or when, you, when you're doing something that's going to be a lot of pain, don't you do like that? They used to put leather in your mouth, used to put wood in your mouth so you can chew down on it so the pain wouldn't hurt so bad. That pain is in, described as gnashing of teeth in, the, in hell. And that's something that's going to keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on. The other thing, the worm dieth not. You ever seen maggots in a dead animal or something? Just imagine the maggots in your body crawling. And dieth not. No relief. He asked, it, he asked, please just let Lazarus touch his finger in water and wet my tongue. People say, well, I, I, I've heard this say before. Well, if I go to hell, I ain't going to feel nothing because I'm going to be so busy greeting my friends that, that I don't, you know, I won't even recognize it. I guarantee you right now. If you've got a friend, a relative, or whatever in hell right now, they would be just like this rich man saying, please warn them not to come here. That's right. Don't come here. It's a place that, well my, well, my father's there, and I want to be with my father. Your father would say, don't come here, whoever it may be, because of what it is. And, and, and part of hell, part of the, part of the punishment of hell is you still got your mind. You can see. You can see what you could have had. You See, the rich man seen Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. And see, that's part of the, part of the pain of hell. Is you, could, you say, boy, if I, if I would have only... I wouldn't have to be here. Have you ever found yourself in a situation here in this world? If I'd have only done such and such. I wouldn't have experienced this. If I'd have only left five minutes earlier. Or if I'd have only paid this money. If I'd have only put $100 in Amazon 20 years ago. Where would I be at today? If only. Their life's full of if onlys. Part of hell is going to be if only I would have listened to the preacher preach. And those messages, when you were under conviction, it's going to come back to your memory. going to come back to your memory. I could have escaped this. I could have escaped this. And people says, well, 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 I'm not going to go to hell because I'm living in hell right now. No, nothing compares to the pain and suffering and the heat in hell on this earth. I got burnt some while ago, about two years ago, I think it came uh, right there at Vacation Bible School. Whole arm, radiator, burnt my arm, boy, and it hurt. Man, it burned, it burned, it burned, it burned. Don't even compare to what hell's going to be. And we as Christians need to get that message out there. We need to keep it at the forefront. You know, Christianity is free, but it's not forced. It's not forced. God is a gentleman. He's not going to come there and force it down your throat. 
He's going to. And it's up to you to open the door for him. Miss Glenda was talking about her daughter uh, uh, getting a job. But her daughter had to do something to be able to get the job. They didn't just go around the neighborhood knocking on the doors and say, do you want a job? She had to apply for the job. She had to ask for the job. She had to accept the job. And that's the same way God gives us that ability and that privilege to accept and decide for ourselves where we want to be at in eternity. Some people say spend eternity. No, you don't spend eternity. Because when I spend the dollar, it's gone. Eternity lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts and never ended. And we have that choice to make. And the rich man looked up and he was, he was in torment. And he begged, please, because I've got five brothers. And I definitely don't want them to come here. What did they say? He said, send them from the dead. He said, they have the prophets. They have Moses. Today, today, you have the preachers. You have the ministers. You have the Christians that witnesses to you. You have the book. You have all opportunities in the world. Don't let the devil lie to you. I've got time. And when that child, that child of yours, Daddy, I'm sick. Mama, I'm sick. Pray for me if they got that much knowledge of Christ and you can't even pray for. That's a lowly feeling. That's a lowly feeling. So you get on the phone and start asking people. Accept Christ before it's everlasting too late. Hell is real. And on the reverse side of that, on the reverse side of that, Lazarus died and was carried to the bosom of Abraham. So now, what was like this, the rich man having everything and Lazarus having nothing, was changed. Now the rich man's in torment and Lazarus has everything. And just because we're going through times here, that reward is coming. We just got to remain faithful. How many Christians has ever just wondered, why has this happened to me? Why, why did these tragedies come my way? Why do I have to experience this pain, this suffering, why is that? And look over there, how they prospering. And they don't even do nothing for God. Their reward's not, our reward is not here. Our reward's there. Amen. You know, and God will truly bless us, don't misread us. Sometimes we do experience some of heaven here. And sometimes we experience some of hell here. You know, but where are we going to experience the full impact of it? See, because when the rich man died and was buried and he lifted his eyes, he could see Lazarus. But when Gerald Goolsby dies and lifts his eyes and walks through that pearly gates, who's going to be meeting me there? What kind of glorious time that's going to be. Woo! And when we all get to heaven, man, what, what kind of glorious celebration is that going to be? And all those people in hell is looking up there saying, I could have been there. I could have been there. And I'm going to direct this to you right now. You can be there. Don't let this world and the things of this world keep you from inheriting heaven. Because you will regret it. I got time. I got time. No, you don't have time. 
because God owns the time. God owns all the time. God, God could require your soul today. God could require your soul tonight. And I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying as we close, I'm praying that, 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 that we as Christians will, will, will start getting that message out more about the, the, the destruction of hell. You know, back in the day, they used to speak to preach hell and brimstone and fire, real hard from the pulpits and stuff. It's gone. Why? 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 We, we got to warn people. If you don't know what to expect, then, then you're going to live a certain way. You know, I told somebody. I, I told somebody uh, this week, uh, and one of the things I have when I worked at the plant, and I always said, inspect. I mean, expect what you inspect. You know, so you need to expect what you inspect, but you need to inspect the Bible as the infallible Word of God that tells you clearly that there's a heaven and there's a hell. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, I've heard said. So we need to live a life. We need to share the gospel that others would want what we have and know where they're going to end up at. I know without a shadow of a doubt right now where I'm going to end up at. I know. I can sleep at night and rest comfortably. I, can, I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I know when I die. Now, don't misread what I'm saying now. I believe once saved, always saved. Don't misread me. But if we're truly saved, then we have that convicting power upon us. And God will let us know that we're not doing right. And I believe, I believe, and this is Gerald's belief, I believe that some people who's truly saved that's turned their back on God, and God has truly warned them, God's going to bring them home before they continue to ruin the gospel. So, anyway, if you, if you accepted Christ as your Savior, today's a good day. As I sing, as today's a really good day, don't be scared to walk down an aisle. Don't be scared to stand up. I was in 1984. I, I just, man, that devil just fought me so bad. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. He just kept telling me in my mind, one more verse you can get out of here. One more verse you can get out of here. You're almost through. What's your friends going to think? What's your brothers going to think? You can't go party no more. You can't do this no more. I grabbed the back of that pew and just held on one more verse. But when I let go of that pew, it just, that's when I was saved, when I just let go. And all God wants you to do today is just let go. Let him. The devil got on me, says, you need to quit smoking before you get saved. You need to quit drinking before you get saved. You need to quit running the road. You need, it went so far as you need to quit listening to rock music. I didn't have to quit anything. I just had to start believing in him and accepting him. And let him work within me. And let me know what I need to quit. And work with me to help me change. And work with me to help me step out the way I need to step out and do what I need to do. And it started, I mean, that's just literally the way it started with me. It could start that way with you too. Today, today's a good day. Today's the day of salvation. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow's not promised. All we have is today, right now.